Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Forum Wednesday. Thank you very much for uh, joining me here on Listen Up. We will take your questions and we can talk talk about uh, anything you want. Uh, it's yeah. I I was just um, amazed when I saw the sentencing today for Henry Ruggs in that fatal accident, the DUI that took the life of a young lady and her dog who burned to death from the collision. Three to ten years for this incident that occurred back in November of 2021. Could be eligible for parole after three years. Unbelievable. And the judge told Ruggs that it was one of the more tragic cases she has seen. Yeah, you would hope so. How about that? Three to 10 years, you can get out in three years for driving over 150 miles an hour and your actions caused the death of that young lady and her dog who burned to death in their car. How about that? And again, I'm not saying throw away the key and, but I don't know what else to say. You know, I, I don't know what else to say. I, I was I was just like, that's it? Because of your actions, driving over 150 miles per hour? Really? You get three to 10 years? I don't get it. I don't get it. All right. By the way, the uh, speed, 156 miles per hour. 156 miles per hour. Wow. Unbelievable. The uh, collision propelled the victim's vehicle 571 feet. Three to 10 years for Henry Ruggs. All right. We've got NFL training camps. A lot of games coming up this weekend. Again, you hope that there aren't a lot of injuries. And then you can move on, get through August, get into some college football talk, which has been turned upside down because of all the teams that are moving out of the Pac-12. The impact on that, the impact on what's going to happen with the college football playoff system. A lot of things going on in football. Then you have the Washington Commanders and Ron Rivera's comments about Eric Bieniemy. nothing makes sense here to me. You know, it really doesn't. You know? I, I don't get it. Rivera today said, quote, I put my foot in my mouth with Eric Bieniemy comments. Yeah, you think? He said yesterday that some players were concerned by Bieniemy's coaching style Really? I, I, I don't I don't understand this. I mean, I don't understand this. All right. Quote today, I put my foot in my mouth when discussing Eric Bianami's intensity Tuesday, insisting he did not want to portray his players as soft or the first year offensive coordinator 
as too demanding. I mean, I don't quite, I don't know what Ron Rivera is doing anymore. You know, I really don't. I, I don't understand that. I mean, why, why would you make comments like that? It's like Sean Payton. Why would he make the comments that he made two weeks ago about Nathaniel Hackett? It just doesn't make any sense to me. It makes no sense to me. Man. Really. I don't know what to say on that one. I really don't. Just very odd. Very odd that you would have a head coach come out and make comments like that about your new offensive coordinator who's been in the league a long time and obviously has been in the discussions for a head coaching job over the last couple of years when he was the offensive coordinator with the Kansas City Chiefs. I I just don't I just don't understand what there's gotta be something that Ron Rivera is thinking about. I mean, Ron Rivera's on the hot seat. We get that. Is he? I, I don't understand. I really don't. All right. What do you want to talk about today? Who, who wants to be my leadoff man, leadoff woman? We can do it. Uh, coming up on Monday, Monday, 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning, 1 o'clock Eastern. Iron Eagle will be joining me on my YouTube channel. If you don't like that, that is coming up for you on Monday morning at 10 o'clock. Tomorrow, 7 o'clock, Ryan and Sackdown will join me, and we'll be doing the show on If You Don't Like That. But looking forward to having Iron Eagle on Monday. All right, let's get to uh, some phone calls, and uh, why don't we say hello to Connor on this Open Forum Wednesday. Hey, Connor. Hey, Grant. How's it going? Good, buddy. How are you? I'm good. So we've been talking about the rankings the last couple of weeks. They finally finished them up. So I mean, nothing too surprising, but it was pretty interesting to see Jalen Hurts was third and he was above Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. I didn't even notice that. Um, I could see him being ahead of Josh Allen. I can't see him being ahead of Joe Burrow. And I think Jalen Hurts is the real freaking deal. I thought the Super Bowl that he played was incredible. I mean, he had the, the fumble when he was rolling out to his right. But, I mean, you talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I don't understand. You have Andrew Thomas of the Giants, who's regarded as one of the top left tackles in football, and he doesn't make the top 100. Like, how does that happen? Yeah, it makes no sense to me. It's I just – I don't understand how that can possibly happen, but I guess – I man, think you I – mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to interrupt for a second. And, again – understand where I'm coming from when I say this. I I think people, and yourself included, and again, I, I'm just make way, I don't want to say too big of a deal, but this stuff shouldn't interest people as much as it does. Just like the general manager's poll that they come out with every year, Connor, in the NBA. I've always wondered, even if general managers do that, or do they just hand it to the intern in the office and say, you know, fill this out. Seriously, I, I don't even know, because these polls, when I see them, Connor, they make absolutely no sense. They don't make any sense. So that leads me to believe, do the players really take this seriously, or is it just like, let's get this done with and move on? I don't think there's a lot of thought given to it. I really don't. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think they got the top two, right, with Mahomes being one and Justin Jefferson, number two. And with the three defenders that were in the top 10, I think they got it right with Bosa being the highest and then Parsons and Chris Jones. So they had Justin Jefferson second on that list, huh? Yep. And who was third? Jalen Hurts. Okay. And four and five, do you remember? Nick Bosa and Travis Kelsey. Okay. There you have it. So according to the players – in the National Football League, okay, they feel a wide receiver is more valuable and better than the second-best quarterback in the NFL. That's what all the players in the NFL are saying then 
based on that poll. They're saying that they feel that in terms of impact, in terms of the best player, that Justin Jefferson is better than the second best quarterback in the NFL. And Justin Jefferson is great. I'm not saying he's not. Okay. But that's really what they're saying. Uh, again, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what else to say. He wasn't the only receiver in the top 10. They had Tyreek Hill, number seven, ranked ahead of Josh Allen. Well, again, I don't quite understand that. I, I really don't. But, you know, what? again, it's just, it's August. There, It's to stimulate conversation. So, and that's what, that's what's happening. People are talking about it. You know, I, I was more perplexed by some of the things you told me down near the bottom when you were talking to me about quarterbacks like that practice. Dak Prescott, Justin Fields, guys like that. And we can go on and on. I was like, wait a minute, what? You know? Uh, so, eh. But I, I don't understand how you can have the top 100 players in the NFL and not have one of the top tackles in football on there. I really don't. Yeah, I totally agree. And I know I'm a little late to the party, but I just finished watching that quarterback documentary. And I, I think that was really well done. And it was it showed a lot of insight into what it actually takes behind the scenes to be a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, when you look at Kirk cousins and what he deals with on a weekly basis, and then you watch Patrick Mahomes after he hurt his ankle and what he needed to do to get ready in one week to play in the AFC championship game it was unbelievable. It was great stuff. It really was. Yeah, I almost forgot, I mean, just how incredible that was when, I mean, he hurt that ankle and he re-injured it again a couple times due to hits and stuff. But, I mean, he was still able to in big moments. He had a big scramble down the field in the Super Bowl. And when that late hit happened in the AFC Championship game, I mean, he just makes plays no matter what the pain is. He just makes plays. You're absolutely right. And that's why, you know, in many people's eyes, he is the best and the number one player in the National Football League. And I think that's safe to say. I think if you had all 32 general managers in a room and you said, okay, we're going to start over, uh, you can take any player in the National Football League right now to start your team who are you taking. All 32 would take Patrick Mahomes. I don't think there's any question about that, right? I don't. I don't think there's any question about that at all. Yeah, I totally agree. And the last thing with the quarterbacks was you see the reports today with, I guess, Aaron Rodgers is unhappy with some things that happened in practice today. Yeah, I did see that. I'm not even paying attention to that. I just, I, yeah, I, 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 I see things like this in August and I'm like, why is this in the news? Number one. Right. Like, what, what, why is this in the news? And I want to hear Aaron Rodgers speak as to everything that's going on as it pertains to this. OK, I, I want to hear it from him, because what I have learned in the past is there have been a lot of things said about Rodgers that have not been true. OK, so I, I want to know from him. OK. And his frustration. And again, you know, he, he spoke a little bit about the Carolina Panthers uh, pass rush. They had a, just for the people don't know, they had a joint practice. Okay, so the Panthers and the Jets had a joint practice. And the center said, I sensed frustration from everybody. Everybody on the O-line, Aaron, the coaches. That was from Connor McGovern. You can't go three and out in a two-minute drive like that. I think there is disappointment from the whole team. All right? So that's a quote from the center. Here's Aaron Rodgers. I thought we maybe didn't have the same type of energy as Carolina for whatever reason at the start of practice. But I thought there were some good things, a lot of learning tape out there. I thought it was good to be out there against a different defense. I thought we handled the front pretty well in the run game, pass game. There were some issues. Okay. Then follow-up questions. All right. Answered. Quote, this is now wide receiver. I could see that changing, yeah, 
about Aaron Rodgers' patience, said Corey Davis. Quote, he's been real patient, real lenient with us, and working with us, and making sure we get everything down, which is what we need. But I could imagine it going the other way if it doesn't pick up. Rodgers, quote, I feel like the interior has been a bright spot, pretty consistent for us. Both the first and second group, we just need a little more consistency on the edge. All right? Talking about the defense. And then he said, we'll figure it out. I don't really understand where the story is, you know? I, yeah, I don't understand. I totally agree. I, I think your point about people are just trying to make headlines. You need something to talk about during training camp other than injuries. And I think that's why the stuff with Sean Payton and Eric the enemy, people just need stuff to talk about. And one more story that's terrible to me is, I think you did your rant on it, was Colin Coward and the whole thing with Dwayne Haskins. And that's just embarrassing. I don't know how that – how do your producers let that get on the air? Well, first of all, how does Colin Coward say that? All right, not only should it not only should his name not be on the graphic. All right, you can't. I don't blame the producer for that at all. Okay, when you're getting paid millions of dollars, like Colin Coward is, I don't blame that on my producer. Okay, I I blame that on the host. I mean, not only did not only was it on a graphic supporting what Coward was saying, you know, he mentioned Dwayne Haskins by name among top twenty quarterbacks that won't win a Super Bowl. I mean, it, it's beyond embarrassing. And, you know, can you blame it on someone in the in the production room that made the graphic and didn't think, wait a minute, Dwayne Haskins, why is he on this list? He's deceased and let Colin Coward know that. I mean, yeah, you could do that. But still, Coward, you know, that that that's on him. You know, he's the host of the show, not the producer. He's the one making the big money, not the producer. I mean, how could you how could how could you let that go? I mean, you gotta be living in a different world not to know that Dwayne Haskins was tragically killed last year. You know, it's not five years ago, not ten years ago, last freaking year. Okay? Like that's just inexcusable, as you said. There's just no excuse for that. It's just to me, when I Connor, when I saw the story, I was like, all right, I'm reading this wrong. And I read it over. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, and then I'm like, wow. You know, I'm thinking as somebody that's been in that position for years myself, both on a national platform and local platform. Like I said, that's a mistake you just can't make. You just, that's just, you can't make a mistake like that. That's just unbelievable to me. It really is. Yeah, and I'm sure he'll be right off the hook, but the Orioles announcer is suspended for doing absolutely nothing. It's just pretty crazy the world we're living in right now. Well, that announcer will not be working for the Baltimore Orioles for long because another team is going to take him away and move him out of that cesspool of an organization. And it's embarrassing for the Orioles. It is typical of the Orioles. And what they've done is they've taken somebody who might be popular in Baltimore and they've made him into a name that everyone in the country knows about now. All the attention is on him. He was defended by many veteran announcers. I did a whole podcast on this yesterday. And he'll end up working for the Yankees or the Mets or the Cubs or the Die. He'll get some big-time job and get his ass out of Baltimore. You just watch. won't take long. Yeah, and you said that he's getting all the attention. That's a shame because the Orioles are – probably playing their best baseball they've played yep. for decades and yet yep. that's kind of all being pushed to the side because of this yep 100 percent. think about the year that the orioles were having and they just you know basically threw themselves in the mud over no reason i mean everything's been going great for the orioles this year as you said they're having their best season in decades and this is what and now their organization is getting destroyed by so many that look at this move and go like, can, can you imagine what the players are thinking in the clubhouse? You know, they're talking about it. You know, they're like, what on earth? They're like, you got to be kidding me. You know, that's going on. Guarantee it. 
Yeah, it's a head scratcher for sure. That's all I got today. Thanks for the talk. Okay, bud. Yep, take care. Bye-bye. All right. Let's move along. We say hello to Jerry right here on Listen Up. Hey, Jerry, how are you? I'm fine, Grant. How are you, sir? Thank you for taking my I'm call. Good. Thank you. Hey, Grant, you know what? Uh, since this is Open Forum Wednesday, Grant, I have a couple things, Grant. Well, actually, actually a few things. Uh, what head coach do you see that's going to be on the hot seat if they start off slow this season? Well, I think Ron Rivera's one. I mean, I think he'll be one. Uh, I think Sean McDermott in Buffalo will be another. Those are two that jump out right off the get-go. So right off the top of my head, without really giving this a lot of thought, those would be two that I would look at. Uh, San Diego or, or LA Chargers, three. Right. Uh, those are some that come to my mind. Grant, could you see Kyle Shanahan on that list too if they if the Niners mm. start off slow? No, I don't think if they start off slowly. I think they started off slowly last year and you know, look, they were in the NFC Championship game. Um, no, I don't think if they start off slowly, he would be in any danger of losing his job. I do not. What about Josh McDaniels? Yes, you can put him on the list too. Although I expect them to start off slowly. I mean, when you look at them, Jerry, how are they going to win a lot of games? I, I just don't see it. And they need a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo, Grant. You know, we all know that Jimmy Garoppolo, he goes out there, you know, he may not be pretty, but the guy wins games. And if you can't protect your quarterback, it's kind of hard to uh, get yep. the ball down to your receivers. And if Josh Jacobs is not on the field and he's not with the team right now, I mean, that's a big loss for them. Plus, they don't have Darren Waller anymore. I mean, it, that's a different looking team right now. And Grant, a uh, couple more things. Uh, if you know, if an NFL team is down by six points, they need a touchdown to win with a couple minutes left. You have Montana, you have Brady, you have Rodgers, you have Mahomes. If you are the head coach, who would you want to run that last drive? Probably Mahomes, number one. Probably Montana, two. Um, or Brady. I mean, I think that would be almost a tie. And then I would have Rodgers among that particular group fourth, but only by a whisker, like by an eyelash. But if it, based on what you just said and based on how quickly I've seen Mahomes take the Chiefs down the field, particularly in the last two years of some crucial games, I would have him number one. Well, what if Mahomes didn't have the same kind of cast he has now? What if he had, like, let's say the uh, the Packers of last year? Would you still say that? Well, what, what would happen if Joe Montana didn't have Jerry Rice, John Taylor, Brent Jones, and Roger Craig? What happened if uh, he played, you know, back in that era for the Tampa Bay Bucks instead of the 49ers? You can't say that, Jerry, because you can't you, – you, you can only go by what you know. You can't say, well, what if? What if he didn't have this? What if, if he didn't have that? I mean, again, I could say the same thing about Montana. He had some of the best weapons – in the National Football League, you know, at key positions on the field, including, by the way, a very, very, very good offensive line led by center Randy Cross. So you could you, you could make that comment about any player on any team. I mean, what would happen? I mean, if I said to you, gee, would have Jordan won six championships without Scottie Pippen there? Right. No. I mean, you can you can you can say that about any athlete on any team. I can only go by what I know and what is factual. I can't be making up stuff. So based on what I know, I, I have to go with, I mean, I, I, it would be a coin flip between Mahomes and Montana in that particular situation. I know a lot of people saying, wait a minute, you wouldn't have Tom Brady on there. I could have Tom Brady on there, but I just think the running ability in a final two minutes, which is what Tom Brady did not have. Okay. Brady is a basically a pocket passer as good as there's been, but in a two minute drill, think about what you just said. How often did we see and have seen Patrick Mahomes make plays in the final two minutes because of his running ability from the pocket? Brady you didn't know, have that. No. Montana didn't really have that. Although Montana had it more than Brady. That's why I'm saying that. 
you know, Grant, I mean, you know, you've been on the radio for so long, Grant. It's just like, you know, that comeback you just gave me was like, I mean, I was like, oh, God, please, Grant, talk some more so I can think of something to say to you. And I still can't. Okay, even the, the time that you still took to give me that answer. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, again, you know, you, you, you always look at, okay, particularly in football, a quarterback is only as good as the players around him, and it starts with the offensive line. And again, I start with San Francisco. When Montana was there and really good, the 49ers offensive line was very, very good. Okay, so it started with that. They had two running backs that were perfect in Tom Rathman and Roger Craig. Okay, you had a all-pro tight end. You had great wide receivers. I mean, you had a offense where you didn't have any weaknesses at any position on the field. You could make the argument that when Tom Brady played, yeah, he had Rob Gronkowski for a number of years. But when you look at the totality of his career, he, you, couldn't, you, you could never make the argument that he had the elite wide receivers that the other quarterbacks that you just mentioned had. I mean, Tom Brady never had a Tyreek Hill. He never had a Jerry Rice. You know, he never had a Devontae Adams. You know, when he had Randy Moss, Moss was on his last stop after he had quit on the Raiders. And yes, he had a good year, but, you know, he wasn't Jerry Rice. He wasn't Devontae Adams. He wasn't Tyreek Hill. Brady, for many years, you wouldn't even be able to name his wide receivers. We used to have this conversation. His wide receivers were coming and going. And you were like, and he was still doing it. So, you you know, I look at all things when I evaluate players. I really do. Grant, let me ask you this, Grant. Do you think if Roger Craig did not fumble in that playoff game against the Giants and Matt Moore hit that one in field goal, do you, do you think the Niners would have won back-to-back-to-back Super Bowls? Yes. Yes, they would have won that game. And I believe they would have beat Buffalo in the Super Bowl. Yes, I do. Yep, I do. And Grant? Uh, one more thing, sir, before I uh, let you go. Uh, do you think the Kings should go after Dwight Howard, Grant? No, I do not. I, I think okay. Dwight Howard has shown that he's really not able to help the team anymore. Right. And so, no. And I listen, they already went out and got a backup big man in New Orleans, Noel. I don't think Noel is very good. I don't really see him helping the team, but, you know, it's a big body. You know, Grant, we all know the Kings need uh, – they need defense uh, by by the basket. You guys need to stop some shots, easy shots that yep. you guys are giving up. Um, all right. Well, Grant, that's all I have today. Uh, thank you, know, buddy. Thanks for taking my call, sir. Okay, bye-bye now. Thank you, Jerry. All right. Take care. Let's get to uh, some other phone calls. We say hello to Ryan and Sackdown. Hey, Ryan, how are you today? Doing well. How about yourself, Napes? I'm good, buddy. So um, before I get to my open forum uh, Wednesday question, I do have to ask a question because I didn't listen to your podcast. If you were the Orioles broadcaster, are you going back on the air or are you walking? I'm not walking. Uh, I don't think he, he – I think that would – I think he's in the driver's seat right now. He's the one that's getting all of the support. Uh, everyone knows he got screwed. And it would be a horrible decision for him to walk. All right. Then he's making it all about him where he doesn't need to do that right now. It's all about the Orioles. He, there's not one individual that's come out and not supported Kevin Brown. He's got the support of everyone right now. If he were to walk, he ends up looking like the bad guy here or sour grapes or what have you. No, he's he's in the driver's seat right now. He's just going to – he and his agent are going to wait by their phone and wait for a – franchise that is big time to take away him from the Orioles and that's going to happen so no he just needs to keep doing what he's doing what yeah what would you do uh, you know it's a, I've been kicking it around all day now that you presented that point of view I'm, I'm not 100% sure I, I did have an inclination to possibly walk just because the team or the station presenting is owned by the Orioles there's a history of um Bally with their ownership kind of having this problem with um, other people that have been on the air and critical of the team. So I don't know. It just seems like a, 
there's a different set of ethics that goes into it if you're working for a station that's owned by the team or a production. And here's the other deal. Uh, all right, I, I know that he is uh, looked upon as you know a really talented young broadcaster, but there are only X number of jobs available. True. And when you're in his position at his age, regardless of your talent, you you, you don't want to be on the outside looking in. You always want to have a job and move on from a job to another job, not like, gee, I'm out of the league now. How am I going to get back in type of a thing? So, no, he's in a perfect position. He's got the support of everyone in baseball. The Orioles look real bad here. Don't turn, don't turn that around and now make yourself look bad or, you know, you put out a, I guess, a, the perception that you're feeling sorry for yourself and blah, blah, blah. There, there's no need to do that. Understood. And, and that makes complete sense. Um, all right. So I'm going to move on really quick. Uh, it's not going to be old school open forum Wednesday, but I think it's something that's really interesting. So um, I watched Untold on Netflix. It's about an hour, hour and a half. It was on Tim Donahue and um, the entire scandal behind the scenes had the FBI agents had tapes and there were a lot of allegations thrown around within the documentary um, saying that other referees were breaking rules, maybe not as blatant as Donahue, and more specifically, the FBI agent um, presented um, the information to David Stern. And at that point, David Stern leaked the information to the media instead of the FBI allowing Donahue <coughs> to wear a wire to go after other referees. So my question is, how different is gambling in sports right now had Stern not gone to the media and nine or 10 referees were implicated for the NBA? I mean, how different is the NBA today? Um, it's a great question. I mean, it's a, it's a great question. I, I can only tell you that after that, we as employees of an NBA team and broadcasters had to take a online gambling seminar in do's and don'ts and sign our name to an agreement that if we broke these rules, we could be terminated and we understood fully what the ramifications were if we broke the rules that were set forth on the agreement we just signed. All right. So that changed. Um, as far as, listen, gambling is not going anywhere and gambling's always been going on. You know that, I know that. I mean, gambling's been going on in sports. We'll just keep it to sports right now for as long as sports has been happening, right? I mean, it, it's, it's just part of life. The question is, improprieties were games being fixed were games being thrown can you prove that who was the cause of that was it a referee was it a coach was it a player my question is now with the amount of money that and we'll, since you brought up the nba with the amount of money that the average salary in the nba pays out now i'll ask you why would any player and I know we're talking about referees, and I'll get there yeah. in a minute. Why would any player even think about going down that road? I mean, they're already making millions of dollars a year. Now, as far as an official, okay. Think about how officials in the NBA are evaluated. I don't think a lot of the fans are aware of this. Officials are evaluated on every single play during the course of a game regardless of whether they blow the whistle or not, every single game is broken down play by play by play by play. It is completely evaluated. It is taken apart and everything is documented. Okay. They are looking for any patterns of missteps. They're looking for any trends. They're looking for anything that is a red flag. That's how intricate the evaluation is now on NBA referees. I know that because I 
know a lot of the NBA referees, and they've talked to me about what their job entails now, how they're evaluated, and how every single call and call they don't make. Think about this, Ryan. Think about how elaborate the NBA's last two-minute report is. Well, we only see the last two-minute report. The NBA does that throughout the whole game, but we only see the last two minutes, right? So I just find it hard to believe now. I can't speak for the Tim Donaghy era, but the way things are done now, Ryan, I don't see how an official could deliberately try to change the outcome of a game and not get caught. You bring up a, a great point now, though, Grant, and now. back then. Yeah, now. And what was interesting about this was the way it was presented was these calls that were being made were legal calls. So they wouldn't have put up a red flag. However, because a referee had an issue with the player. So one that was brought up was an issue with Allen Iverson, that one of the refs had. Right. Well, we're just going to call carrying on him. See, carries so much. And it's one of yep. those plays that happened all the time, but was rarely called. So back in the day, if there was a two-minute report, that's a correct call, right? But there was this yep. unwritten code amongst yep. the referees on certain things. And certainly the way the documentary presented, David Stern. You know, you don't make these calls on these players, these stars. And I found it very interesting about the dynamics. There was one situation in specific where one of the announcers for the Heat, uh, I think it was the Heat, but one of the announcers made a comment about um, a referee. Referee didn't like it. Referee has an issue that happens with ownership over it. This is all behind the scenes. And before you know it, the referee is making calls within the game that are legal, but rarely called. And so I wonder, and that was inside information. That was something that he used to say, hey, pick this team tonight. So I wonder how many of those little things back then you heard that really would today factor in to line making or somebody, you know, Placing a bet. You know, They're you know, the, you know that. Okay. So when I was doing the games back then, there wasn't one instance, there wasn't one time that that conversation ever took place on the bus, the plane, among coaches, not once. Okay. After game six of the 2002 Western Conference Finals, it was the only time that I've ever heard media, players, coaches wondering if the game was fairly officiated, okay? Not not necessarily with a gambling angle, but with a revenue-producing angle, all right? Big difference, okay? I didn't hear any talk after game six or after game seven, or in the summer of anyone coming out and thinking that game six was officiated the way it was due to gambling. All right, the, 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 the narrative was the league wanted the series to go seven, and they wanted the Lakers in the NBA finals because of Shaq and Kobe and Phil, and you get that, right? It, I never heard any talk as it pertained to Gee, that game was officiated that way over gambling. Never came up, or to my recollection, it never came up. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because that that actually came up in the um, same show. It had nothing to do with gambling, but everything with what you just laid out about the league wanting seven games. So I, I guess where the league was at and what happened in that downtime, I question, or in between the NBA coming out with their independent report um, that was done by an attorney saying Donahue was the sole person doing it. You know, during that time, Stern renegotiated all the NBA TV deals yep. and all that yep. and cashed in. So I wonder yep. how the credibility of the league would have been hurt or the growth of the league as we know it had that story gone further. It would have been it would have been devastating uh, for the league. It would have been devastating. You know, the thing that I still have a problem with, and I had a problem with it back in 2002, the three officials in game six were Ted Bernhardt, 
Bob Delaney, okay, and uh, Dick Pavetta. I don't know about Bernhardt, but both Pavetta and Delaney went on and officiated games in the NBA Finals. Yeah. None of those officials should have been on the court for the rest of the year based on how awful they were in game six. But back then, when Ron Garrison was the head of the officials, it was a good old boys network. Okay, it wasn't, you didn't get it, you didn't get to the NBA finals based on merit. You got to the NBA finals based on your name. Okay, Dick Dick Pavetta could have made mistake after mistake after mistake, but he was going to be in the NBA finals. Okay. Same with some of the other officials. That doesn't happen like it happened back then. Back then, you know, you could be as horrible as you were in game six of a conference finals and not be reprimanded and still, you know, be working the next week in the NBA finals. That was a real problem that I saw. And, and that was during the David Stern era. That that yes, likely would not happen now um, under Adam Silver would not and the now. transparency that is there. But it, it's an interesting conversation because that, that would have been a dramatic yep. blow to the system okay, as we know. Okay. okay, but 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 here's the difference between David Stern and Adam Silver, in my opinion. David Stern would not have come out this year at the All-Star game and complimented how good the officials have been doing when this year was arguably the worst officiated season that we've seen in recent memory. And Adam Silver came out and, and talked about what a great job they were doing. Okay, you David Stern wouldn't have done that. Uh, he, ju- he just would not have done that. And the fact that Adam Silver sits in his office in New York City and doesn't have issues with the officiating and even said so during the NBA Finals again, I have a real problem with. Because everyone that watches the NBA, players, coaches, announcers, fans, all watched games this year, all saw all the mistakes that were made at the end of games, traveling calls, foul calls, the LeBron James drive in Boston against the Celtics, right? I mean, yeah. the, you you and I talk about this on the post-game show. How many bad calls were there on the Kings this year at the end of games? Tyler Hero traveling in Miami, game-winning basket. Oh, don't call it, right? Yeah. Uh, Kevin Herter, Lakers foul by uh, or – you know, you know, I mean, I can go on and on, right? I mean, we, they were, there were too many of them. But the Jeremy Grant, you know, taking five steps in a game against Phoenix on an inbounds pass where he caught it on the baseline and literally took five steps, scored the winning basket, wasn't called. And, I mean, there are many, 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 and these are just all comments on the top of my head, and there were many more. This year for the NBA, this past year, the officials did not have a good season. Everyone knows they didn't. And yet Adam Silver comes out and says there's no issues with the officiating in the NBA. Well, I'm sorry. You're walking around with blinders on. Don't make a comment like that. Well, in that instance, he he's going to the other side of the spectrum of Stern, right? He You can also hurt the credibility by saying there's nothing wrong when everybody else looking sees something wrong and the numbers show it. Um, so I guess that's where you have to find the balance between you know how you manage a league and that's why every commissioner is very well, much different here's here's the bottom line if you're a commissioner it's really almost a no-win situation yes i have a lot of friends i have about 10 friends uh that i communicate with on a fairly regular basis that are umpires they get left hung out to dry all the time even when they're right they don't get any backing from rob manford none none zero and they feel that their lack of support, they all are bitter over it. Okay. They are. They 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 don't they don't they never get supported when they make the right call. They only get they get crucified when they make the wrong call, but when they get crucified for making the right call, the league doesn't come out and defend them and say, wait a minute, you know, the umpires were correct in their call. Blah, blah, blah. That never happens in baseball. And the umpires don't understand why. They're left out on an island all by themselves with zero support from the league. 
That's insane. That That's absolutely insane. And I, I actually, for the first time, I'm going to kind of go off on a tangent, saw the uh, umpire cam or the catcher cam in MLB. Yep. Some of the conversations yep. that the umps have with the players and the catcher and then just seeing that ball come in as fast as it does, the movement, it gives you a whole new appreciation. And I can only imagine the conversations that you probably had with your umpire friend about different things that happened throughout the games or guys that were yep. assholes, you know different situations it must have been incredible well here here's the biggest problem and a lot of fans don't understand this when an umpire is behind the catcher and you just talked about the velocity and the movement of the ball what happens sometimes is the catcher moves their body and blocks the umpire from actually seeing where the ball goes over the plate a runner may be on first, okay? A runner is either stealing second or stealing third, or there's going to be a snap throw to first. And what does the catcher do? The catcher moves his body before the ball hits his glove to get in a position to throw the ball. So instead of a crouch, they've now elevated themselves, and the umpire, who is set up either to the left shoulder or the right shoulder of the catcher, is blocked. And I asked my friends, I go, well, what do you do in that situation? They go, we guess. We guess. Wow. We got to make a call. We got to call ball or strike. And we have to make a call based on where we think the ball was. Sometimes we can't see it because the catcher blocked us. So there are all kinds of things that go on behind the plate from a umpire's perspective that we don't really think about. And here's the other deal. They miss calls sometimes. They they admit yeah. that there are there are times when they know they got a call wrong, and they what are they going to do? You know they're going to go apologize. They're going to go to the official score and go, hey, we called that a ball, but you know we we know we made a mistake. It was a strike. It, it's part of the game. Okay, it's part of the game. So it happens, and I think the biggest mistake, and I think the hardest call for umpires to make on the field are check swings from first base or third base. It's instantaneous, right? You don't know if it's going to happen. And I think there should be a review on check swings. I think that's the hardest call to make from an umpire's perspective. Think about it. Think about how quick that is. And you got to make a quick decision. I just think it's too hard to do. Yeah, and a lot of times the check swings occur. I would say you see them occur more often when the game's on the line. You know, yes. guys are in yep. at bats for nine, 10 pitches um, that are very important. But to your point, too, about the empires, if you mess up a call, you don't have time to think about that. What you're going to do, who you're going to apologize to, because you got another ball coming in 20 seconds that you have yep. to make a decision on. So, well, um, not only that, and this happens in the NBA, too, but I've talked to umpires. I've said I've said, you know, when they've ejected a player for arguing a call or a manager or they miss a call or whatever. Very often, the next, for instance, so the home plate umpire, the next game goes to third, okay? Mm-hmm. Very often, they, I'll, I'll ask them, I go, hey, did uh, so-and-so ever apologize? They go, yeah. They came up to me and said, hey, man, my bad. You got the call right. I went and I looked at the video. My bad. I, I'm sorry, man. And they go, don't worry about it. It's okay. Conversely, and I've seen this in the NBA. I've seen it by talking to my friends in baseball, if they make a call and they find out after the game that was incorrect, if they see the player the next day, they'll go, hey, Jim, I got it wrong, man. My bad. Sorry. You know, and there's the respect that goes on. Player respects an umpire for saying, hey, I got it wrong. Umpire respects a player for going, hey, man, I lost my cool. I'm sorry. You got it right. My bad. All good. You know what I mean? That goes on all the time in sports and fans don't even think about that. It, I've seen it in the NBA where at halftime, you know, a ref comes up to a player and goes, Hey man, you were right. We got it wrong. Sorry, bud. You know, it happens. Yeah, it does. And, and you got to remember too, you know, they're all trying to make the product as good as possible. The players don't want to strike yes. out. The umpires don't want to miss a call. It doesn't, you know, benefit no. either party. No. So they're all no. on the same team at the end of the day. Yes, they are.
So, all right, my friend, have a great rest of Open Forum Wednesday. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Looking forward to it. All right, take care. Yeah, Ryan and I will be on tomorrow at 7 o'clock over on YouTube. And on Monday, 10 in the morning Pacific, 1 o'clock Eastern, I will be talking with the great Iron Eagle. Looking forward to that. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, we say hello to John. Hello, John. Grant, how are you, buddy? Okay, buddy. How are you? Man, I'm doing all right. Hey, you have an Ian Egan eagle on on monday that is going to be great man that is going to be yep. one heck of an interview because you two guys are some of the best at your jobs and for you two guys to be able to shoot the bull that is going to be fun as hell grant i'm looking forward to it um i have so much respect for him i've known him for such a long time and he is a great announcer but he's a better person than he is as an announcer and so I, i'm looking forward to having him on well, I know he's a great announcer, and I'll trust you about him being a person, but he, he's great. That's that's fantastic. Man, listening to everything today, it's been so fun. I wanted to ask Connor at very first if he heard of a kid named Kimbro, a soccer player. He's a 13-year-old kid, and he got signed to a professional contract. So yeah, I, the Republic got, signed him, right? Yeah, the Republic. Have you heard about that, Grant? You know more? Yeah, I saw it online. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. yeah. Hey, he could be a great, a great uh, young prodigy from right here yep. in Northern California. Yeah, right yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yep. And I know Connor is uh, all about soccer. I was wondering if he heard about him. So that was one fun thing that I wanted to start with. But I di I didn't even want to start with anything except I wanted to end with Grant. I hope that everything is going great with your case since it is a wednesday and if you've heard anything back from the elon musk i have not and i was really disappointed i was really hoping that with all of the media attention that that tweet got and when i responded and 25 or thirty thousand people engaging in my tweet that i would uh hear back from mr musk but uh have not as of yet i am surprised you haven't and i think that's still in the cards though so I hope so. Not too hasty. So that's the other thing I, I wanted so. to talk about. You know. I appreciate it, buddy. Hey, Grant. I got to flip my tri-tip. Thank you for everything you do, buddy. And I will talk to you Friday. You. I hope if you have a Listen App show. Yep. You take care. Bye-bye now. Thanks, buddy. All right. Let's move to uh, some other phone calls. And it is Rich. Hey, Rich. Welcome to the show. Hey, good afternoon, Grant. Rich. How the heck are you? Hey, Rich. You got me? Good. How are you? Yeah. Yep, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> John's got to trip his, flip his tri-tip. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. We're still going to have to have a tri-tip cook-off one of these days, I have yes. to tell you. you know, yes. If it happens in San Diego, that'd be awesome. You know, Amen. You could, you, could, you could come down here with John in late September and see uh, Tim Flannery. And the, uh, you remember Tim Flannery? You yeah, to, sure do. Play. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He yep. Was, I actually heard him on the air today. A local, uh, you know, San Diego station, the fan, and oh, wow. they interviewed him. Yeah, and he's actually doing a fundraiser for uh, a group called uh, Love Harder Project Fundraiser. It's actually at the oh, Belly wow. Up Tavern. That's where the right. first time I ran into uh, Bill, you know, Bill Walton was at the Belly Up in Solano Beach in San Diego. Mm. So, but uh, yeah, so uh, come on down, man. I gave you plenty of warning, you know. Yes, Tuesday, you have. Thank you. Tuesday, September 26th. But uh, that's okay. not why I called, but I just thought I'd throw that in. But I just want to, uh, I guess, uh, he didn't got signed today for a, a full-on contract with the Kings. How do you feel about that? Who did? Kita. Oh, um, you know, I, I don't have a problem with it. I'm I'm okay with it. It doesn't, I, I don't know. I, it's not earth-shattering news or anything, but. Well, I just, just you know, I, I 
I like him. I think I think he'll, he's a big, tall guy that adds a lot. He was, you know, number one, and you know, with with the 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 you know, with the Stockton Kings, and he did a lot of good stuff. And you know, I think I think he'd be a good addition. It's always good to have players in the pipeline that you think have potential, right? Yeah. Yep. By the way, I know you travel a lot, yeah. and a lot of us travel. And a lot of us have been to Hawaii. Watching the video from Lahaina in Maui is just gut-wrenching. It really is. is. I feel so awful for all of those people there. It's so sad. It's so sad. I'm actually glad you brought that up because I've been following that earlier today. And actually, I have my Maui Maui, uh, T-shirt on that I got from when I was last in Maui. Uh, My takeoff. And and I was thinking about them today. And... we have friends that live on the big island and there's, there's a lot of stuff going there uh, that way too. But, but that's really, really sad. So hopefully, you know, I have not followed the story uh, as closely as the cause, because when you think of Hawaii and the amount of rainfall that they get and they're having these fires, has it been a dry season or, or, or uh, again, I haven't really read into what's causing all of this. Yeah. 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 I couldn't I really know. answer that correctly. You know, I just, I, okay. just, I got my first, first view at it today. I got some, oh, you know, some alerts too. about it and, you know, stuff. And I, Terrible. And I was thinking, of, yeah, but it doesn't look good. They were talking about people having to you jump into the ocean just to avert the, uh, avert the, Terrible. the flames and stuff. Yeah. Terrible. And that's a pretty, pretty heavily, you know, we, we were just there, you know, about, about a little over what, a year and a half ago. And Maui and stuff, and, and gone to. I just, I, I just don't, you know, if you uh, uh, raging wildfires in Hawaii is almost like an oxymoron. Like I didn't think that was possible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just, yeah. and as you said, there are residents that are jumping into the ocean. Yes. So they don't, they don't burn to death. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's so no. sad what's going on. I know, I know, it is, it is. Yeah. So. Our thoughts and prayers are out for them folks, man. It's 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 a yep. rough rough time for them right now. So anyway. Yep. Hey, All it's right, always buddy. good hearing from you. You okay, take care, okay? All right, you too. All right. All right, bye bye. Yeah, I mean it's open for them Wednesday, but I'm I, I'm I meant to say that. I mean, so many of us, you know, from the West Coast where it's different, you know, down in Miami, like you very rarely are gonna find anyone that's been to Hawaii. Because you don't go to Hawaii if you live in Florida. You go to the Bahamas. You go to the Caribbean. Right? There are flights every 30 minutes to all these places. And there you get on a cruise ship. You don't make a 10-hour flight with a connection to go to Hawaii. But, I mean, if you're, you know, West Coast and you go on vacation and you have money, saved up and you want to go to an exotic place, you go to Hawaii, right? I mean, I just, I, I couldn't believe it when I was watching the video. I, I just, and, and, the, and there's multiple fires, you know, terrible. It's just awful. I mean, all fires are terrible when we know in California, you know, we get it. Um, I just, I just never thought I would see this in Hawaii, you know, amazing. And I guess as uh, Rich pointed out, there are wildfires on the big island too. So again, I understand in the big island, you got, you know, the active volcanoes and you got lava and, but I mean, this is terrible. Prayers out to everybody in Lahaina. Just absolutely awful. Awful watching the video of these, this community being destroyed and lives being lost. Terrible. All right. Don't forget tomorrow, 7 o'clock, I will be on with Ryan on YouTube. All right. We'll do a 7 o'clock show tomorrow. And then... Monday, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 o'clock Eastern, Iron Eagle. Looking forward to that.
All right, you all have a, a good rest of your Wednesday. Thank you very much. Appreciate your questions today. Love Open Forum Wednesday. It's a lot of fun. And I, I can't do it without your impact and your great questions. So uh, thank you very much. And we'll get into some more football talk. We're getting closer. You know, there will be cuts coming soon. And then you'll get through your last preseason game. And we'll get to college football and what's going on in the landscape of college football and how that may affect the playoffs in college football down the road. I mean, they're going to have to make changes. There's just no way that I don't think they could without making changes. So a lot of good things coming up. And then before you know it, uh, NBA training camps. But that's it for now. You take care. And tomorrow, Ryan and I, 7 o'clock Pacific over on YouTube. So long, everybody. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 